Hello, and welcome to the Hoff Podcast. I'm Daniel Turner, the pastor of the Tyler House of Faith. We take these messages from our weekly services and then release them here on our podcast channel for you. We hope you dig it. So we've been talking about walking in the Spirit. Yeah. The new covenant reality of Christianity for all of us. And um, one aspect of walking in the Spirit is actually seeing in the Spirit. And it's something that I want to talk about today. I don't know the depth that we'll go into actually into, into all of it, but... Um, it's something that we're called to see things differently and a major scripture concerning the reversal this new covenant this reversal of the poison that came in from the fall the poison that came in from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil in other words good and evil this knowledge this this ability for our own selves to judge and to judge others which people feel like it separates them or empowers them by judging other people but it was always a trap and as soon as Adam and Eve consumed it, it released something into the earth as the gatekeepers of heaven in the earth that was never supposed to, to spread as it did. And so now Jesus has actually come and he's taken every bit of that curse upon himself and severed us from it. But we have the same thing we had in the Garden of Eden, which is this beautiful gift of free choice, right? And so we can choose now if we're going to align back with our true family tree, the tree of life, the Lord Jesus, our Father, you know, and bear His fruit in the earth. Or if we can stay in the alignment of the fallen man and inherit everything that He's going to catch. And so today I want to talk about not only the reversal of that curse, but something where Jesus came to heal our sight, the very thing that was lost in the Garden of Eden. And and. and I think we mentioned it last week, this prophecy of Isaiah 11, 3, right? This, that, that this Messiah, this sevenfold spirit, wisdom, understanding, counsel, and might, knowledge, the fear of the Lord, and the spirit of the Lord would be upon this Davidic king, this Messiah that would come, and it says something beautiful, that he would not judge by the seeing of his eyes, nor by the hearing of his ears. In other words, he wouldn't judge and discern things by the way they appear naturally according to the fallen state of man's view, he would not be poisoned with that view. And so his judgment wouldn't come through those fallen senses, but he would, he would step into the, the reality of this spirit, this God who is spirit in such a way that all of his judgment would be accurate and it would be that which is of heaven. And man, it's really great. Um, but I, I, there's, there's things Jesus said in John 9, which we're going to be there today. John, you know, eight and nine, maybe a little bit of 10. But he says, for judgment I've come into the world that those who do not see may see and that those who see may be made blind. And it sounds like this is this judgment that God has come on into the earth to, 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 to enact, into release. But I think we're, we're starting to be hip to something that there's more than meets, to, meets the eye with this messianic king that's walking around on the earth. And if he's the one who's blind, who is blind but my servant, then, then I want to be blind. You know what I mean? If he's the one who ju- doesn't judge by the seeing of his eyes or the hearing of his ears, if he's going blind to the nature and senses of Adam's fallen senses, then that's the way we want to be. Because to be blind to those is to see with his eyes, to discern and hear by his spirit. You know, And this is the judgment, air quotes, for the listeners, but this is the judgment that he's come to enact on our behalf 
which is to free us from this fallen state. And I believe that I can prove that, and we'll try to do that today, all right? And so, you know, Jesus shows up, right? And I believe he's releasing us from the effects of the fall, but I want to talk about him healing the sight of mankind, right? And so we're going to start this, uh, maybe we'll start it at the very end of John 8, and I'll, I'll probably go through 8, 9, and 10, uh, don't be afraid of me saying that, like I'm going to read those all the way through, you know? I know some of y'all are hungry already, I can tell just by the way you look. You're thinking about, man, what's going to be for lunch, you know? No. But, it's, uh, you know, the reality of this, what, I, what I'm trying to do here is paint this picture of God who's embodied in the flesh, Yahweh, embodied, walking around, and people so blind that they couldn't recognize him, even with the miraculous things he was doing on a constant basis. So it starts off in a very traumatic scene. He's, um, you know, this is John 8's the story where they... The woman was caught in adultery. They come in. They're trying to stone her on the spot. You know what I mean? And, and they bring, him, bring her in, and, and they interrupt a meeting that he was doing. He was up front sitting like I'm sitting here. And, and they interrupt him. Teacher, what do, you, you know, what do you say? She was caught in adultery. Moses says, stone her. What do you guys say? You know, and Jesus, with the wisdom of heaven, literally says, he, he was without sin. Let him cast the first stone. So many, many of you know the story. He literally stoops down on the ground and draws, and draws on the ground, almost like he's not paying attention to them when they're talking and interrupting what he's doing. It's miraculous, but he rescues this woman. He demonstrates the heart of, of God, who he truly is. But the end of it, they actually turn, in this chapter, they turn to actually assailing him. First, they were trying to trap him in something. They didn't do it. But he says a bunch of other things that ends up really upsetting them. And so by the end of, of, of John chapter 8, Jesus says something that is some of the most, some of my favorite things that he ever said, which is pretty much everything in red. But in, in, in John eight fifty six, when they're talking about him being illegitimate and they're talking all these negative things about him, he says, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and he was glad. This blows these guys' minds. Here's this 30 one or two year old guy, you know what I mean? Like 10 years younger than me, sitting up there with all these people trying to kill him. And then he says something that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, this, your father Abraham, thousands of years ago, um, your father Abraham, you know, desired to see my day, the initiation of Israel, the one, you know, whose, whose bloodline the Messiah would come from and whose family is now your nation saw me he desired to see it and i allowed him as if he was in relationship to him and of course you know they get they they get really upset and says you're not even 50 years old and you're talking about you've seen abraham and i was like now we know this guy is just crazy out of his mind you know what i mean we've read this book so we know who he is yeah um you're not even 50 years old like you're a young buck what are you talking about now you're saying something crazy and jesus says something this is the biggest mic drop in the Bible, I think. He says, most assuredly I say to you before Abraham was, I am. And he announces the name of God. You know, he announces, he, he announces who, who he be, who he is. You know what I mean? And uh, this was just like, this was a major no-no. This was blasphemy 101. This isn't like he's making himself equal with God. You know, John 5, he's, he's, he's kind of, he's putting himself on the same level. This is like, I, I'm saying in front of you that I'm, I'm that guy. I'm him. I'm him. Before Abraham was, I am. 
And uh, I, I absolutely love that. And it's something I say, you know, you know, Christians worldwide don't believe that Jesus is God, many. And sometimes it's just like, well, what are you talking about? But it's like, if you think it through, you realize that. How many brains this has been crushing for the past year? People that don't even come here. And I absolutely love it. It's like a, it's like a fire that breaks rocks into pieces, this word. And, and the reality was, is Jesus, the embodiment of Yahweh, is not God with a little g, subservient to his big G dad. This is the fullness, Colossians 2 says, of, of deity that's embodied in a person. You know, this is the fullness of God walking around, manifesting. There's no God behind Jesus' back. There's no variance or shadow or turning. James, Jesus' half-brother says in, in James 1, you know, James is half, Jesus' half-brother says there's no variance or shadow or turning. Like he's always the exact same. There's not a sides to God. This isn't, this isn't a Eastern religion, you know, the yin-yang symbol. This is he, is, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It says in Hebrews, like Jesus is God and God is embodied and he's there. And he says, before Abraham was, I am. And this is a revelation that breaks people's brains free of the knowledge of good and evil. And the knowledge of good and evil is what divided God into something that's bipolar. Sometimes good and sometimes evil. But he's holy, so we call the evil side good too. It's like, it's just, it's garbage. But anyhow, so Jesus is there smashing on this and saying, before Abraham was, I am. To which they, they took up stones, it says, the very last verse of John 59, of 8.59. They took up stones to throw at him, but he hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them. He didn't run off out the back door. He actually cloaked himself in a way that he walked right amongst them and white right through them. Now this is, it doesn't matter what commentary you read, almost all of them agree, even the oldest ones. This is God himself. This is Jesus pulling uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know what I mean? These are not the droids you're looking for. You guys know what I'm talking about right there? Yeah, they just let him go through. This is Jesus doing that before Obi-Wan. Uh, the fictional character ever did anything like that. This is Jesus. Literally, they, they're like, well, we're going to stone this lady. Like, she's free. Now we're accosting him. There's a whole other aspect of what's going on in this chapter. And all of a sudden, like, we're stoning you. Now we, now we have you. We came here to have you on something, and now, man, do we ever have you. This is the most blasphemous thing you could say. And Jesus and his disciples literally walk out in the midst of them. He cloaks himself, you know. I think that is absolutely so beautiful. And I think there's something that we can see there. The I am was manifested amongst them and they could not see him. Why many couldn't today? Because he was contrary to who he, they thought that he was. He was so contrary. This is what theology is all about. And in other words, he was, he was contradictory to their theological beliefs of how he should be. And so it, it made them incapable of recognizing him being right there with them. And that's nuts. And it happens. The fear of the Lord is the second aspect of Isaiah 11.3. He will not judge by the seeing of his eyes or the hearing of his ears, but his delight is in the fear of the Lord. This is the, the, the opposite of what separation is. It's the reality that you're never separate from God. He's there. He's present. He's with them. And he was with the Pharisees to heal their minds in this very story. You know, nobody ever killed Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Jesus says this. He says, I, no one takes my life from me. I lay my life down, but I lay my life down and I take my life back. This commandment I have for my father. This is Jesus. These, he said some of the most gangster things you've ever heard in your life. It's like, it's going to look like that, but no one's taking this from me, guys. I'm, le I'm making, I'm allowing this to happen for all of your sake, but I'll take it back up. Who, you, mean you're, you mean God will raise you back up? Like, no, I'm taking my life back. 
you know, what? So here he comes. He's rejected by the religious elite because they were unable to see who he was. I think sometimes we can be so familiar with a God that we don't know, and we can have so many beliefs about him that are contrary to who he is, and it causes us to be blind to him, but it also causes us to be blind in the world. Remember, we're talking about seeing in the spirit. You know, There's so many aspects you can go in this. Is it, I'm not limiting it to being able to see, but, but, but I think the point of the day will, will come to be that the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, that poison, which is judgment, which is religion, has caused people to be blind to be able to see in the spirit. They cannot recognize people as they truly are. Yeah. You know, it's one, one of the gifts in, of those who have the Holy Spirit in Christianity, you know, 1 Corinthians uh, uh, 12, verse 10, is, is the discerning of spirits. You know, you have all those giftings and prophecy and tongues, but one right in there is discerning of spirits. And that also is actually seeing and discerning things in the spirit. This is angelic. This is demonic. This is gifting. This is curse. This is all kinds of supernatural abilities to see. That's right there. That's a gift. So, so this is something we're also called to walk in. You know, um, a lot of times when you hear a message about it, it, it ends up just going so sideways that it's just kind of weird and, and flighty and flaky, but it's very, real, it's very real. It is a gift. It is something we're called to actually walk in and can be developed. You know, well, I just don't have that. It's like, yeah, well, it's like any muscle you don't feel like you have, you have, but it can just be developed until you, you know, you're really swinging in it. And, um, you know, all of this stuff is our inheritance, but Jesus is going right to the root. I'm skipping ahead of myself, but he's going right to the root of what causes blindness and it's judgment the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Because we've thought that if we had that fruit, we'd be empowered and then we'd be like God, be the judges, right? And it never empowered us. It actually, um, yeah, shut us down. So anyhow, so this that happens. And I love this story of John. That's the very last uh, verse of John 8. But then John 9, 1 goes, it, you know, it literally says, he hid himself and went out of the midst of them and and passing through the midst of them he passed by so you know these aren't the droids you're looking for you know these guys let's stone them it's like yeah you're not stoning anybody come on guys we're leaving and they couldn't see the guys they walked out amongst them and weren't seeing there was cloak they were cloaked chapter 9 starts which these numbers weren't there you know this is a letter this is an this is a, a gospel you know this was written down but it says now as he passed by he saw a man who was blind from his birth. So while we're on the topic of people couldn't see him because they were blind because of judgment, he walks by and sees a man who's blind from his birth. And his disciples, who like every human being that's ever born, had that poisonous root of judgment within them. They manifest something very similar to the Pharisees from a different angle, but it's the same. They say this in, in, in John 9 verse 2, it says, the disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? The, this man or his parents that he was blind, born blind like here's a grown man he's born blind like okay so what so give us the knowledge of good and evil so that we understand what darkness either him or his parents released this blindness onto the earth to which Jesus, Jesus wants to answer him and he says neither this man nor his parents sinned but that the works of God should be revealed in him and it's like, that's, that is an entirely different mindset change. I'm in the, I'm, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night's coming when no one can work because they won't be able to see without him. You know? And so here's, here's Jesus saying like, hey, like, 
he's correcting their mentality of like, hey, like you're wanting to get to the root of what's wrong with somebody to sniff the sin out or sniff whatever, but it's rooted in that same tree. And he's saying, hey, we don't, we don't think this way, guys. We think this is an opportunity for God to be manifest. Yeah. It's like, so we're, he's, he's rewiring the mind of mankind, the sight of mankind. It's like, hey, man, if you look at this way, you, you, you'll be blind, but you can't look at these things through the knowledge of good and evil. Or that its source is in God. What's God's punishment come on which side of these people? It's just like, whoa, dude, no. That's not how this thing, is, this thing is handed out. See, they've been with him, like John 5, so many other times. Like the girl that just got caught in adultery. Hey, hey now go and don't do that anymore. You know, the guy that he healed off the mat finds him later on that night. Says, hey, by the way, don't go back into the sin that got you into that place. And so they, they, they've attributed that to like, well, if it's bad, it must be and he's just like, no, that's, that's not what's going on. And then he does something that's, that's so funny because I don't know how far out of the temple and how far out of that scene where they've just literally walked right through the Pharisees that tried to stone him. But literally as they're walking away, they see a blind man. And, and instead of like, yo, they're going to stone us, we, we need to get up out of here. It's just like, obviously not worried about them, guys. You know what I mean? I'm not worried about them. We just walked right through them. Hey, look at this guy. Well, who, who sinned? This man or his Like, neither one. Don't think that way. And then he does something that's so weird. He says, he says anything. He starts to spit on the ground and make clay with the saliva. This is like Play-Doh. I mean, this, you know, this ain't no little spit neither, y'all. I mean, this is some hawking, you know what I mean? This is some real juicy stuff, man. I'm easily grossed out. That grosses me out. That would be a really tough thing for me, to be honest. I would, that gag reflex might have been, what are you doing? Why are you doing that, man? You know what I mean? But here's, before Abraham was, I am doing something that I am did. Here's Yahweh doing Yahweh things. Here's Yahweh actually making body parts out of the dust of the earth, just as he did Adam and Eve. And so here's the architect of the whole thing. Spitting, drooling around, saucing up some dirt, you know what I mean? Oh, man, you know, he's just, he's just clamping it up in his fingers, probably got it in his fingernails and stuff. I'm just like, oh, come on, gag reflex is happening, you know? And, uh, you know, and it says he anointed. I love that. You put a little Christianese in it, it kind of softens it, you know what I mean? Oh, so he was just anointing his eyes, brother, amen. You know, it's like, no, dude. You know, have you ever got a little bit of dirt in your eye when you're out running or working or shoveling something, you know, doing some real manly work or something? And it's just like, I mean, just a, one little piece of dirt just like will wear you out till you're just like, oh, my gosh, I can't see. You know what I mean? You're, you're, give me a water fountain, you know, um, whatever. So he, he's got a couple mud pie spitballs mashing them in this dude's face. You know, and in these days they had to they usually had to wear a cloak, which was like their welfare garment that identified them as like certifiably blind or messed up you know what i mean because you know don't be pretending to be blind you know what i mean you had like you know they had a there was a means of these things but i can't imagine that blind guy he got so up close with jesus that jesus is in his face like all right buddy this isn't gonna feel very good but just take my word for it man and he's like well like he's you're standing blind yes can i can i have a couple coins you know i don't know if he talked like that but can i have a couple coins please you know what i mean <laughs> so, and he like freaking starts mashing it in his like oh what i can't imagine like oh please 
Roman soldiers, help! Someone! Uh, I'm being assaulted! <laughs> you know, he's like, he's mashing this thing in his eyeballs, man. He's just like, oh my gosh, you know how bad a little speck hurts? Imagine a, a mud ball glab, some spit garbs in there. You know what I mean? It's in your, in your, in your peepers, man. Just bang, you know? And um, he's, it's just like, and, and, and you know, I can just imagine Jesus' voice. I mean, he had to have been communicating to him. It's all right, I know it's uncomfortable. Like, just, just trust me, this is going to work. This, let me just make sure this fits you, you know? Kind of like I've done this thing before, you know? And, um, and he says, go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated, it's the word sent. And it says, he went... And he washed, and he came back seeing. <laughs> oh my God. You know what I mean? So it's like his eyes weren't even fixed from the mud balls. It's like, all right, now what have you done? All right, imagine that. I just mashed your eyes with some mud balls. And he said, all right, now go wash that mud out. And it's just like, well, I wouldn't have to. It's like, you're telling me to do something. You just messed me up. And now you go, now go clean yourself off from what I did. You know what I mean? His mind, his wheels were turning. This man has just communicated to him, but he communicated his name and stuff to him. So he was talking to him. And we see that in the rest of the story. Something great here. So, you know, the, the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, hey, isn't this, isn't this the one who sat and begged? <laughs> Some says, no, this is him. Some are like, no, he looks, he looks like him, but that can't be him. He, this is somebody else. Therefore, they said to him, how was your eyes open? How did this happen? Blind from birth, and you're a grown man, never seen before? His answer, verse 11, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed, there it is, my eyes, and said, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and I received my sight. Remember something like we talked about um, pretty much every week, but it's like we think the knowledge of good and evil, like, now listen, this is your issue, and this is, you got to get a counsel and not have this understanding, but he's, it's just like Jesus shows up just like the guy on the mat. He says, do you want to be made well? Get up and walk. Doesn't tell him any other information, just gives him instructions to follow through on. You know. Later on, he finds him and says, hey, don't go back into what got you into that mess. You know what I'm saying? But we've put that thing so backwards. You know, you're down there because you have this problem. Now, if you want to repent and give it to me and confess that you'll never try to do it again, then I'll consider healing you. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But it's like, that's the knowledge of good and evil. He's like, just listen to my voice and follow through on it and it'll work. Stretch out your hand. The guy's like, what? I can't. Well, you know, it's like, it's like, follow my voice, follow my instructions. The Lord is my shepherd. This is Christianity. God talks. And that's all there is to it. That's not all there is to it, but there's no, there's no debating that reality. And so here's, it happens again. It's like, how did, how do you have your sight? A man called Jesus gave me instructions of what to do. And I just listened to what he said. Well, did you give your life to him? Did you have to say a sinner's prayer? Did you have to, I just did, I just did what he said. I just followed through the missing ingredient from much of the world, you know, um, hmm. So I came back seeing, yeah, Siloam, yeah, I went and washed. So they said to him, well, where is he? And he's like, I don't know. In other words, Jesus wasn't doing it to make himself big, to make himself a huge name. He did it because he loved this man, but he also did it for the Pharisees. So I went and washed and received my sight. Don't know where he is. Now it was the Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes, and the Pharisees asked him, in, how did you receive your sight? So now he's in front of the Pharisees. These people just tried to kill Jesus right before this. 
And he said, he put clay on my eyes and washed. Like, and, and it's just like, before this is ringing in their minds. It's got to be before Abraham was, I am. Like, psh, you can't say that. That's ridiculous. We need to kill you. And now, like, he's like, he made clay body parts. He made clay. He put, he put the dust of the earth in you. It's almost like you were missing something. And this is a, this is a Yahweh thing, y'all. You know what I mean? This is a God move from Genesis. Remember, they couldn't see him because they could not recognize that he was God, that he was really there with them. Because they had a different picture of God, which was influenced by the poison of the knowledge of good and evil. Therefore, some of the Pharisees says this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Which is just like... <laughs> Others said, how can he do such signs? Then they asked the blind man, what do you say about him? He opened your eyes. He said he's a prophet. But the Jews didn't believe him. Then they brought his parents in. Get ready, you know, the most cowardly thing you've ever heard in the Bible, one of them. They asked him, is this your son? How does he see his parents are like, we know this is our son. We know that he was born blind, but we don't know how he's able to see you now. We don't know who's opened his eyes. Like kind of, we weren't there. He's of age. Ask him. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. The Jews had agreed that if anyone confessed that Jesus was the Christ, they'd be put out of the synagogue. Wow. Even his own parents refused to acknowledge what they had seen. It's like they could clearly see what had happened, but they were so plugged into the religious system. They were, they were more worried about getting removed from the synagogue than confessing that this person was the son of God, the, Mess the messianic king to come. And it's just like, yo, but like, he literally just did this for your son. You know what I mean? And your son is telling you word of mouth what happened. And you believe him, but at the same time, what's the cost? You know what I'm saying? It's like, but we always go to the synagogue and we eat at the same buffet every week and we're going to be kicked out of it. And what are all of our friends going to think? They're going to think we're one of those weird types of uh, people. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, oh no. It's the, it's, it just blows. It's so baffling. We don't need to spend time on that, but you know. He's of age, ask him. So they called him again, who was blind. And they said, give the glory to God. He was. We know this man is a sinner. The man answered, whether he's a sinner or not, one thing I know that though I was blind, now I can see. There's the reversal. They asked him again, what did he do? What did you do? Well, how did he make you see? It's like they're trying to continually get him to discredit. They think they're giving him the opportunity to. But even though his parents were complete cowards, um, with their answer. His answer is so great. How did he do this? He says, I told you already and you didn't listen. You want to hear it again? You want to become his disciples? And it's just like, I love that quote. So, oh, oh, are you guys wanting to join up? Be his disciples? Is that why you want to hear? Because I'm going to tell you the same thing. <laughs> but they're like, we're Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this guy, we don't know where he's from. To which the man says, wow, this is marvelous that you don't know where he's from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone's a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it's been unheard of that anyone who opened the eyes of those who were blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't do anything. Wow, man. That's brilliant. That's so brilliant. This is, dude, this is, first, this is first opportunity to, for public ministry. He's teaching the, the religious crowd. 
To which their answer, you were completely born in sins. You're teaching us, get out of here. <laughs> oh man, dude. There must be some reason you're there. It's like, we, it, that poison was so strong. There's a reason you are the way you are. <laughs> you know. You know. You see a pattern here though? I mean, Jesus is rewriting everyone's mind, rewiring from the poison, poisonous fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It's like the, the Pharisees, like he's doing these great, marvelous, and wonderful things for people. And he's like, okay, you don't believe me because of your blindness? You know? Because it sounds like he was targeting them. I'll go heal, I'll go heal, heal a blind guy and send him back to you. Because to me, it sounds like he was targeting them. You know, it's like the very beginning of Genesis. Like, you know, you know God saw the light that was good and he separated the light from the darkness. You know what I mean? And it's just like, this is the reality of John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Like Jesus, the Word of God, was with God and was God in the very beginning. And it says the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness does not comprehend it. It cannot overcome it, and it cannot comprehend it. But it's the same as Genesis 1. It's like God's creating this separation between light and darkness, and we think, oh, that's right, the knowledge of good and evil. But the reality was he was separating in the identity of who he is. You know? And he was manifesting like, hey, look, this is the good that I do. This is what is of God. And even this new disciple, this convert, who's just actually with Jesus and only knows him by voice. He's never seen him, y'all. He's just felt him. He's heard his voice talking in his face. And he's felt his thumbs and his spitty, spitty fingers pressing that mud ball pies in his eyeballs, in his sockets, you know? And um, that's all he knows. But he's saying, but hey, this is, of good, this is goodness. No one's ever heard of this happening since the beginning of time. Like, even the man, like, I didn't expect that I would ever be able to see. How can you say it's not of God? This is the goodness of God. This is miraculous, and it's the light of heaven. And they're like, you're born in sin. You know? But I love this. Jesus heard that they had cast him out and he went and found him. So Jesus gets cast out. He really just walks out. This guy gets confronted by the Pharisees, goes around, gets called back in, gets confronted by them again. And the very thing that his parents were so afraid of being removed from the religious elite system, he gets, he gets it happen on his first day on the job. You get fired on your first day on the job from a religious system. Congratulations. You know what I mean? He gets thrown out. Jesus is like, it's almost like Jesus is waiting on him, dude. I know they didn't have little sundial watch pieces like this, but he's just sitting there. Oh, he got kicked out? All right. And then he goes and he finds the guy. And I love this interaction. He comes to him and he says to him, do you believe in the Son of God? In Luke 9.35. And the guy answers and he says, who is he, Lord? Who is he, Master, that I, that I could believe in him? And Jesus says, you have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. He said, Lord, I believed, and he dropped down to the ground and bowed before him to worship him. And then Jesus says that quote that we started off, for judgment I've come into this world that those who do not see may see, and to those who see may be made blind. Some of the Pharisees were actually there and said, are we blind also? And he said, yeah, if you were blind, you would have... Have no sin, but now you say we see, therefore your sin remains. But it's just like, 
For judgment I have come into this world that those who may see, that do not see may see, and those who see may see. And I just think this is such a beautiful thing because Jesus walks back up and he recognizes him from 20, 30 feet away. Because like I spit in the guy's face, you know what I mean? I was touching his face, talking to him. He's seen him, you know. So he's walking up to the guy, but the guy's never seen Jesus before. Because he's never seen people before that day. <laughs> you know what I mean? He probably barely knows what his brothers and sisters look like. You know? And he probably doesn't know until they've come back around him. He's still got to feel, feel people's facial features, like Braille, to say, oh yeah, that's my brother. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was like, this is a wild thing. So Jesus walks up, and if you're watching this like a movie, this is the most beautiful thing in the world. God literally walks up. Jesus walks up to him. And he doesn't have any idea. He's just like, everyone's like, hey, man. He's like, yeah, man. I'm like, it's crazy. So you have red hair. I never knew what red was, but it's cool. It looks great on you. You know what I mean? He's just like talking to his cousins, his people, you know, whatever. It's like, wow, the sun is so bright or whatever. And Jesus walks up to him and he asks him a question. Do you believe in the son of God? And you think how much, how attuned this guy's ears were from being blind his whole life. He voice recognition. How many people did he sit down begging that he heard judging him walking by? He could hear better than anybody else. His ears were so attuned. But that voice that was in his face that told him his name because somebody called Jesus. You know, so he exchanged his name with them. He, you know, he was like, you know, hold on, buddy. Hold on. Let me just put these. <laughs> you know what I mean? That voice, it was probably like his whole heart leapt when Jesus walked back up. Do you believe in the Son of God? And it's just like, whoever, I believe anything you say. Whatever you tell me is what I believe. What do I, what do I believe? You know what I mean? A blind man sees. And Jesus' first thing says, you have seen him. In other words, you've seen me by my spirit. You've seen me before. And it's like he hadn't seen nobody before, but he had. Yes, before the foundations of the earth, but it's like you've already recognized me. You, you remember me. You know who I am. And it's he who's talking with you. You know what I mean? Jesus didn't even talk like that much. If you look at it, he stayed so stealth throughout all this. So this is obviously a smaller group or whatever, but he's like, he's the one talking to you. And, um, you know, I'm emotional talking about that, you know, but whatever. But he, he, he drops down and starts worshiping him. Like, it's you. Yeah, it's me. You know what I mean? And so here we have this mentality. Judgment is what's poisoned us and caused us not to see but somebody who was blind was able to recognize him by the fruit. And he took a stand. I know that this man is from God because of what he did. Because light is divided from darkness and this is light. This is not darkness, you know? And I'm not a coward like my family. I'm gonna step into following him no matter what it looks like. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I say the coward word, kind of hot, you know what I mean? But it's, it's, it is what it is, man. People neglect following through and following and walking with the Lord for themselves for so many ridiculously pathetic, cowardly reasons. Oh my gosh, dude. Oh, coming across so hot. I'm not saying it trying to be hot. You know what I mean? But it's like we're, we're so caught up with the fear of man and the way things look in the world and how are we going to be perceived and what if I do, 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 what if I don't look successful and all these, all these silly things. You know what I mean? The eternal king is the one we'd actually be following if we choose to go all in. Makes no sense, does it not? You know what I mean? But man, listen. There's something of that poisonous fruit of the knowledge of good and evil that caused people to walk around with him and not be able to see him. And I love that. And I love that. This is, the this is the, for the judgment I've come into the world for this. 
I was like, no, man, you could breathe fire over the whole world, right? Fire and brimstone, right? Isn't that the judgment? Like, no, 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 that's not what it is. This is another thing that's breathed and lived out of the knowledge of good and evil. You know, if you look at Jesus' judgment track in, in, in John, in John 3, he literally says about, you know, the John 3.16, you see that at every Super Bowl, right? God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, the only one-of-a-kind Son, what it means, the one that's different than all the other sons, that he, who believes in Him won't perish but have everlasting life. But then He says in verse 17, for God didn't send in his, his Son into the world to condemn it. He didn't send the Son of God into the world in order to judge the world. And we're like, okay, but that the world would be saved through Him. And then in verse 19, right after that says, and this is the condemnation, this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. So they refused to come to it. And it's like the judgment, the sun did not come into the world to judge the world. I came to save the world. And people judge themselves when they decide to follow darkness instead of light. It's free choice like it always was all the way back to Eden. We're like, no, 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 he's going to throw us in hell. He's got to throw some people in hell. Please say you're going to throw some people in hell. Like, what is that? What kind of hatred is that? You know what I'm saying? doesn't sound like he's throwing nobody in hell. It sounds like people, you know, people that go into darkness are going to go into darkness out of their own free will choice, but he gives them the choice still. John 5, man, he heals that paralytic guy. The Pharisees are after him. For, for claiming to be equal with God in that same thing. And in defense of healing a paralytic guy who, quote-unquote, didn't deserve it in their opinion, he says, for judgment I've actually, or, or the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. And I'm like, wait a minute. He's defending healing and releasing light to people and calling that his judgment. You're angry that my judgment isn't to condemn this person, but it's actually to heal him and give him light that he didn't deserve it. And that's really why you're ticked off. Because your view of God is something that's poisonous. And guess what? I'm him. Before Abraham was. I am. You know? So you have the same thing. And, and I'm going to tell you, you know. Also, I don't believe the Bible it contradicts itself, man. It's just too much, you know. I don't know, man. I like Anunnaki's anyways. But, uh, you know. But it's like when you look at like John 3... And he says the father didn't send the son into the the son didn't come into the world to judge the world but actually save it. But then in John five he's saying, well, the father's not going to be the judge, but the son is the, you know, the you know. The father judges no one, but he's committed all judgment to the son. And I'm like, wait a second, you just wait a minute now. Which one is it? Hmm. God didn't send his son to the world but to judge. And then the next one is like. But God has committed all judgment to the Son. And I'm like, man, this is starting to seem kind of scandalous to me, guys. It sounds like, you know what? It sounds like the picture is bigger than we've ever imagined. And the redemptive heart of God, this isn't like universalism. That's a doctrine of demons. You know, well, everyone goes to heaven. You know, no one's going to go to, you know, all roads lead to Rome and all this stuff. It's like, no, Jesus is obviously the only way to, to the Father to everlasting life in this reality. But at the same time, Jesus is painting the judgment and condemnation as something that people choose for themselves. And I didn't come to judge. And the Father's committed all judgment to me. So I have the right to give all judgment. I haven't actually come to judge but to actually save. And you guys are really mad and been out of shape about it. Thousands of years later, in 2012, 20, whatever it is, 22, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? 
And then, and then he's like, well, I, I wouldn't sit to judge. You know, the Father's committed all judgment to me, and this is the judgment. This is why I've come to judge the world, that the, that the blind may see and the seeing may go blind. And it's just like, what, what, now, you're, now you're coming to judge? So what is your judgment? To open the eyes of blind people. You know what I mean? For people to recognize who I am and the love that I have for them and to rescue them. You know what I mean? And the blind, the Pharisees who were actually blind, who thought they were seeing, he was continually sending somebody back into them to break their blindness off of them. He gets kicked out of them instead of saying, fine, I'll, I'll snap my fingers like Darth Vader. You all, none of y'all wake up tomorrow because you're, because you're evil. You know? Instead, he goes, heals a blind man and sends him back in. Heals leper, sends him back in. Heals people, sends them back in. Go, to, go show these guys. Go show these guys the good things that happened to them. He had to do it by self, right? Because if the rulers of this world would have ever known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory, 1 Corinthians 2 says. So he, he kept his, his, his identity secret, but he manifested his identity the entire time. And then he's crucified and he resurrected and he pays for everybody. And how many light bulbs of the Pharisees were going off like, oh my gosh. It says it in the book of Acts. Many of the Pharisees became um, followers of the way. They became Christians, a lot of them. But not too soon, because he, he, he laid his life down intentionally to redeem the sins of the world. You know what I'm saying? It's just this, it's just a brilliant thing, but it, man, it makes you, makes you think of things differently. You know? And imagine not being so poisoned that we see him in a way that he's not, but it causes us to be opened up to see. Like, you know, we got people smoking things and peyote and dimethyltryptamine and mushroom, you know, whatever it is to give us the sight and to give us, um, to give us the enlightenment, you know, all these different things. In reality, mankind was created with the capacity that we've, we haven't even touched at all. And the poison of the fall has limited us. And Jesus comes saying, I've come that you would actually be able to see. But the root of the inability to see is the poison of that judgmental mentality that causes you to see God as he is not, which causes you to see yourself as you are not, and then it causes you to judge other people to make you feel better about yourself. And all of it's been a trap. And if you lose it, like John 7, 1 says, if you don't judge, you won't be judged. And the self-consciousness that was like, Eve, hurry up, sew up a, sew up a little you know, covering for us, get the fig leaves out, give me a little bathing suit or whatever, you know what I'm saying? All this self-conscious covering and all this insecurity that comes from this, this mis, misguided version of sight, which was really blindness, God has actually come and torn the veil between realms, that is his flesh, Hebrews 10 says, so we can step into this mystic reality that is true, basic, practical Christianity. You know what I'm saying? The greatest commandment is love God with your heart and mind and soul. Second, just like it, love your neighbor as yourself. But we can't love ourselves because we can't see how God really loves us because we think we're in condemnation and you know, some of them are doing it by our works and then we judge other people that aren't doing it as good as us because that makes us feel better. And it's just blindness. It's religious blindness. And the way we see is Revelation 19.10. It's like the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It's like the testimony of who Jesus is, God in the flesh, and what he has accomplished and what he's broken off of mankind is the very spirit, is the essence of prophecy. It's not some charismatic website that you go to and I'm prophesying, well, who's going to be the president? Well, all y'all got it wrong last time. So just instantly see yourselves out. You know what I mean? It's not like, well, you know, buddy of mine was telling me that this week. Like, you know, prophets in the church that I've always been to, there's all like, they're the ones that like, 
they give the the prophesy they they're like when Jesus is going to come back <laughs> you know what I mean that's like that's what anyway so I thought that was funny but it's it just one of the things is like hey there's this prophetic sight that's not this like oh the the weird person at church that rocks back and forth all the time and gives his you know what I mean it's the testimony of Jesus is the spirit in other words seeing him unlocks who we are Second Corinthians three eighteen as we behold him we're transformed into the same image from glory to glory it's just the Bible and it all works together. Isn't that funny? It's like, it, it's actually quite coherent and quite simple. Unintelligent guy like me can actually teach it and do a you know, decent job. And it can be understood because it's like, as we see him without a veil over our face, a misconcession, we're actually transformed into the same image. That's a verse in the New Covenant, New Testament Bible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I thought glory, glory, brother, was just Christianese that we say for having, we're having a good day, I'm having a good day, I'm glory to glory. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like no, like you're actually transformed. We see him and it unlocks who we are. And then we see other people in that same way. And that's the testimony of Jesus. You know, it's like the ability to discern things by the spirit. A lot of what's discern, discernment, honestly, in Christianity is really, really not discernment. It's just like a, it's, it's something that's passed off. It's criticism. It's rooted in the fruit of the tree of knowledge, of good and evil. And it's not even real. But Philippians 1, I think, does a really good job about what discernment is. Um, Philippians 1, 9, it says, I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment, that you may approve the things which are excellent, that you could be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ. And it's just like, wait a second, that your love would abound more and more in knowledge and in all discernment. Not that you could discern... Oh, this girl over here's got a Jezebel spirit, you know what I mean? Or this guy's got a, he's got a, he's a saw. I can tell he's a saw. I can discern you've been drinking a little too much alcohol, brother. You know, freaking sling blade discernment, you know? But it's like, it's like that your love would, may abound and that you would approve that which is excellent. I was like, no, see, so I would know which one's the poisonous drink, you know? This ain't Indiana Jones, man. It's like, it's so that we would discern and actually be able to approve and confirm the reality, the excellence of the king that's inside of each person. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the testimony of Jesus. It's being able to see through encouragement, through the life and light of God. This is seeing in the spirit. It's not limited. There's no, there's no church and down. 1 Corinthians 12, 10. You know what I mean? The discerning of spirits. It is, it is seeing. It encompasses seeing angels, demons, giftings, all... Um, it is all those things, man, and it works. It's real, you know. I've seen, you know, it's it is so profoundly real. But it's but it's not only there. It starts with us unlearning judgment. Yeah. That's it. Approving that which is excellent, seeing that which is pure and pure of God. Let me just read one more. Let me. I'll close maybe with this one. I like this one this week. 2 Corinthians 5. Hopefully this works. But if we're beside ourselves, it literally means if, if we're in an ecstatic ex state of ecstasy, this is the Apostle Paul, a very distinguished man. Um, if we're beside ourselves, it's because of God. It is for God. If we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls, it compels us. For we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. That's controversial. If one died for all, in other words, he didn't die, you know, he died as a human being in the place of humanity. It's not Calvinism, this isn't like, well, you know, just the elect, and, you know, some, some are destined by God to do it. You know, that's still rooted in a poisonous 
the poisonous fruit. The reality is like if one died, all died. Says it, he says it several times, you know what I'm saying? Even as sin entered the world through one man, so, so the righteousness of God, the forgiveness of sins entered into the world through the many, through one man. It's just like, hey, like, we don't have a hard time believing that Adam and Eve's sin released the poison of the fall throughout all of humanity. But for some reason, we want to limit it to what Jesus did to only certain ones. You know, again, don't hear me wrong on this thing, but like it's it's good idea to question everything you've ever thought and root it all into the actual Bible. Amen. It's a very good idea to do the word of truth and by the spirit of truth. Um, for by, beside ourselves is for God. For the love of Christ compels us and controls us. We, we judge that if one died, then all died. And if he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. In other words, come to the understanding this was for you. It was for everyone. And you can accept it or not. Therefore, he says in verse 16, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we've known Christ according to the flesh, now we know him thus no longer. And it's just like, I love that verse. Like, therefore, we don't regard anyone according to the flesh. Because it takes us back to that Isaiah 11, man. It takes us back to that reality of like, we don't judge by the seeing of our eyes or the hearing of our ears. We judge through the heart of God and the testimony of Jesus. And we, when, we're, when we're free, when we see God as he is and we accept that acceptance in our own behalf, it frees us and unlocks us to see people in that same way. And that's how the light spreads through the world. It's not pass out a track and tell them to go to hell, you know, try to get them scared and at least they'll join our club and we can tax them 10% of their income. That might work for, for a, a good system organization or something. Does a little bit of good, maybe a little bit of evil, maybe a little bit of both of those things. You know what I mean? Certain sounds very much like a certain tree that I heard about. But, you know, the, the reality is it's like the love of Christ compels us. The kindness of God is what leans people to turn, not the fear of like, hey, by the way, you want to get tortured forever or do you want to join my club? Those are your choices. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, well, sign me up. <laughs> you know what I mean? How much does it cost? Well, how much do you make? You know? <laughs> you know? Again, I'm not against some of these principles that are in the Bible. I'm just against them being taught that if you don't do it this way, you're robbing God and you might get a flat tire on your way to church. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's just like, hey, come on, man. It's just like that. There's a few more I could go into, but I think I'm probably kind of long. So I'm going to stop. I'm going to land it right here. The reality is the love of Christ compels us. We're called to be free of the knowledge of good and evil, free of the poison of judgment. It causes us to walk in the confidence that we have in him. That, that Hebrews 10, we did it last week. You know, listen back if you didn't. I mean, it's, it's just like we're called to walk in such a way that we're not even conscious of our own self. We're so full of the, of the covering of God and what he says about us that we're so taken care of. We're so loved by him. We're not looking for our needs to be met. You know what I mean? The river of life flows from us because what? Because we've, we've, we've stepped into that place where, you know, it starts off the tree of life in the garden. And then Revelation, you know, 22, it's like the tree of life is all along the sides of the river of life that comes out of the throne of God. The thing is multiplied and it's everywhere. You know what I mean? It's all over the place and it's Jesus. It's Christ within you. It's the very hope of glory. That's what we're, that's what we're about. Blindness was rooted in the knowledge of good and evil. You know, if we did go on to John 10, that's the next phase of the whole story. You know what I mean? He's like, he's literally telling the guys, okay, I won't do that. But you know, I could do it. I could do that, but I won't. 
The key to unlocking spiritual sight is, sound in, is found in the practical aspects of the true Christian walk. Living free from the knowledge of good and evil. Judgment, criticism, gossip, slander, unforgiveness. All those find their roots in, in, the, in the system of judgment. Jesus is hanging up there saying, forgive them, they do not know. In other words, I, de- I refuse to attribute this sin to them as if they're consciously doing it. It's because they're poisoned, they're not themselves. I refuse to judge them for their motives of why they're killing me. It's not them. Anything less than forgiveness, any bit of unforgiveness, is like, well, they should have known better, or they should have, you know. And, and you know, it's just like all of it stems from that tree. He just doesn't have it in him. He is the other tree. And these things cause blindness. You know. If the majority of the world is taught that God's very identity is actually rooted in these things, the knowledge of good and evil, it's a great strategy to be sure by the enemy. But it is the very thing that keeps people blind to the reality of what Jesus said. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom is at hand. What does that mean? It means it right here. Heaven is here. I'm holding my hand out. It's right here. It's like it's, it's, it's in our midst. And those who see this way recognize this thing. He was pulling food out of there, multiplying it. You know what I mean? He, he, multiple times. He did the weirdest things. He was walking on, he was walking on something. It wasn't water because you can't be walking on water. He was walking on something that's of heaven, though. You know what I mean? He was walking above the laws of gravity and physics and everything of this world. Why? Because what he was was operating in was in a world that was more real than this one. And so he was trumping this world at all times. And we're called to live this way. I'm not talking about walk across Lake Tyler. I'm talking about, like, we're called to live so free of the judgment that has capped mankind into being something that we were never supposed to be. Completely free. Well, Lord, we thank you for this day. I thank you that I thank you for your judgment, which is let there be light. You know, I thank you that you've given us your spirit to approve the world of judgment. Because the ruler, in your words, the ruler of this world was judged. Help us to walk in the reality that is so free from that fallen view of that tree, but in only in the book of life only in the tree of life, only in your words. Your words are spirit and they are life. Let them be our life. Let us build everything that we're building in our life, our ministry, everything upon this reality. Amen.